This is the Sister Squad with Morta, Nona, and Dekuma. <laughs> Nona. Nona. We'll just stop right now. <laughs> Welcome to Sister Squad. Today we want to talk about George Floyd and the riots and the protesting and everything that's gone on this week. So take it away. All right. So I decided to like do a little bit of research into exactly what happened with Mr. Floyd. And um, I know that most of us have seen the video of him with the guy's knee on his neck. But I didn't know why he was being arrested. I knew that he had like some, there was some allegations that he was drunk or whatever, but I didn't know why he was being arrested. So um, he was, he had gone to a store in Minneapolis and um, with two other individuals, uh, a man and a woman, and the man that he was with tried to pass a fake $20 bill to buy something. They didn't say that it was a gas station, but it sounded like it was probably a gas station or something. So the employee saw that it was a fake bill and said, nice try, take a hike, gave him back the fake bill, didn't let him um, make the purchase. So a minute later, after a time, 10 minutes later, um, Mr. Floyd goes back into the store and tries to use the suspicious $20 bill to make a purchase. And the employee didn't catch it. And so when they did catch it, they allowed him to buy a pack of cigarettes, essentially. And when they did catch it, they called the police. And the employee went and told Floyd that he wanted the cigarettes back. But Floyd said that he didn't want to do that on the official transcript. And the employee also claimed on the 911 call that Floyd was awfully drunk, and that's in quotes, and not in control of himself. So he was sitting in the car with the man and the woman when the police came. So the police get there and they say that the police person uh, pulled out his gun. And at this point, this is not Officer Derek Chauvin, the one who had his knee on his neck. They pull out the gun and um, directed Mr. Floyd to show his hands. And it doesn't say in the report why that officer brandished his weapon. So um, once Mr. Floyd had his hands on the steering wheel, um, the man, the police officer put the gun away and then they put their hands on Mr. Floyd, pulled him out of the car. He ordered him to step out and then Floyd began actively resisting the hand to being handcuffed. And then they tried to bring Floyd to their cruiser, but he stiffened up, fell to the ground and told officers he was claustrophobic. So at that point, officer, former officer, Derek Chauvin arrives at the scene to help the other officers get um, George Floyd into the police cruiser. So he laid on the ground face down and still handcuffed when recorders be- or when onlookers began to record cell phone videos. And at that point, somewhere in there when they started recording is when that Chauvin stuck his knee on the guy's neck. And Mr. Floyd kept saying, please, 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 I can't breathe. My stomach hurts, my neck hurts, please, please, I can't breathe. The arrest was filmed by multiple people and shared widely on social media, and then it went viral, of course, and bystanders can be heard yelling at police to let him get up. After several minutes, Floyd gradually becomes quiet and does not move anymore. And it was eight minutes. 
And the prosecutor's report indicates that he held his knee on Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 Holy seconds. Holy shit. That's what I said. Holy Sorry. shit. I mean, oh, we're not swearing on this podcast. Holy eight, shit. Eight minutes, <laughs> eight minutes is forever. That is so long. I did Holy, watch it. Wait. I watched Holy, the eight minutes. Did you watch the whole eight minutes? I, I was getting minutes. sick. I watched. Because I just thought. How long is this? Something had to have happened. Well, that's what I thought. I'm like, what didn't we see? What what possibly could have happened? The man was handcuffed for shit's sake. And laying on the ground. I don't, yeah, no. No, there was no reason. None. No, after he'd subdued him. Like, I don't know why he stayed there. And I felt like the other officers oh. walking around were... Were just cowards. Well, they like, were agitated. Yeah, like, he shouldn't be doing this, but I'm not going to say anything. Or, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm reading that into him, but... Yeah, well, because let's project a little bit, because that's what we do best. Mm. But let me tell you, you know, they did those studies in um, in the 60s. I can't remember which university, because they wanted... It was the 50s and 60s. They wanted to figure out why, in Germany, all of the people just went along with Hitler. Like, you know, there's trains of Jews going past your town and you're just watching and you're like, yep, there goes the Jews and look at the ash in the sky. And so they did this experiment, which now would never ever be allowed, where they told the person who was the volunteer and the person being studied, they didn't know they were being studied. So they told them that if they push the button, that a person in another room was going to receive an electric shock and it wasn't going to kill them if they went up unless they they turned the lever up past like eight or nine or something i don't know like arbitrary numbers so they start at one and the person they can kind of hear from the other room they hear the person going ow knock it off and then they tell the the person tells the subject you need to turn it up to two right now and so they do it they push the button so they know they're harming this person in the other room and the person in the other room really wasn't being harmed it they were part of the research study so they're just pretending and so they just keep turning it up as they're instructed because the person in authority so tells them to do it so they turn it up past eight and they say well you need to push the button now and then the person pushes the button and before they push the button, they'll say, some of them would say things like, are you sure? And it's not going to hurt them. Like, and the other person in the other room is screaming and shrieking for their lives, pretending like they're being shocked to death. And like, how many percent do you remember? I don't, I don't. A lot more than 50% shocked them until they died. Like theoretically, nobody died. Well, when when it came out, like the study was to find out why people followed, you know, towed the party line. And they also found they did it in another study. After they discovered that, they were all just like flabbergasted, could not believe it. So then they did another study and everyone besides the person that's turning up the electricity and being instructed to push the button are part of the research group. So they plant one of their research assistants in there that refuses. So it looks like two of you are going to take turns pushing the button. And so the research assistant would push it at two or push it at three. And then around three, the research assistant's like, no, I don't think so. And then by four, they're like, screw you, I'm not doing it. And then they found out that their subjects, if somebody else would stand up, 
their subjects would all stand up. They'd be like, nope, I'm not doing it. He's not doing it. I'm not doing it either. And so it, what it described is mob mentality. Like that none of those other officers were brave enough to say, no, get your knee off his neck now. Let's take him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Yeah, you'd think that one of them would have said something. Well, so husband is... Brenda? I'm listening. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. So um, husband of mine was talking to our neighbor who was in the military, and the military kind of has a similar kind of culture as police departments. And he was saying, like, you know, in the military and from friends of his who have left the military and joined police forces, he's like, there's kind of a culture that if you say anything, like say that, say that George Floyd didn't die and the knee was on his neck, but they get him to the, to the jail and he's fine. Thank the Lord. And then he, um, claims police brutality and, and makes a, makes a statement against the police department. Then if those three other officers say anything like, and back up George Floyd, then they're a snitch and they, and there's this, there's this culture of you, of, you know, like, what do they call it? It's not like the thin blue line because that's the, when they stand to, um, like that's them defending us, but there's like when they all stand together and nobody like the, the code of silence, their brotherhood, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't, there's a phrase for it and I don't know what it is, but so I don't know. I think that's really the culture that needs to be changed. You know, the, and I'm not suggesting that there isn't racism because there is clearly, but I, that, um, Derek Chauvin, he had other complaints against him and I didn't do a goog. Go ahead. No, no, no. Here's the thing that I thought about that is, you know, people that do that, that want the power, you know, like, um, let's be honest. Probably, I would guess that um, law enforcement attracts bullies. We all know that, you know, the joke about the little man disease, you know, the, the five foot four guy that wants to be a cop that was bullied in school. The egomaniacs. Yep. Yeah, and so, and like if you're talking about this guy had excessive force, you know, you wonder what kind of personality he had. His wife, she dropped him like a hot potato, you know? She's filed for divorce 15 minutes after he was charged. Oh, did she really? Yeah, she did. Like, oh, I yeah. know that. Yeah. Like, she filed for divorce. You've got to wonder, you know, he sounds like a bully. Yep. And, and you know, like hot-headed, like I'm going to, like I'm gonna, oh, and I'm just projecting this onto him. But there is a dead person. Yeah. And there were other people that stood around and watched. Well, and we so. have video. Like it's not like this is theoretical. We watched it happen. Why? You know, like yeah, you like why didn't you say something? Because you know this is a guy's life. I mean, he's saying I can't breathe, and it's not like that. There haven't been riots. I mean, that other. I can't remember his name around New York or wherever. I can't remember what state he was in. There was in. Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin and oh, Michael Brand. But who was the guy that was, was in the back of the... Breathe. It was oh. the guy that was selling um, uh, the little single cigarettes. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember York, his name, but practice. I know who you're talking about. That they and gave him the rough ride. He was saying he couldn't breathe. 
you know, yeah. they got him down. He was saying he couldn't breathe. And I think same thing. I think he had a heart attack and died, you know. Well, and here's the deal. As a former ER nurse, you know what they do with people who have chest pain or whatever? And, you know, some of the officers would come in. I worked a lot of, like, graveyard shifts when I was in the ER. And a lot of the officers would bring him in and be, like, with an eye roll. They're, like, give me a wink and a smile. Like, yeah, he said he had chest pain. Because they know a lot of people who are repeat customers, you know, know that if you complain of chest pain, the police officers will take you to the ER. And if they're picking you up for something stupid... Like, that's not, like, a warrant out for your arrest or whatever, but they picked you up for something stupid. Sometimes the cops will get, like, bored and leave them there, and then we discharge them, and then they get away. Or if it's something serious, then the police officers would stay there with them. And so sometimes it's like, eh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, if they're driving on an expired license or whatever, they're like, well, he's yours now. If you want to call us when you discharge him, whatever. If not, that's fine. But so it's not that difficult to take them to the hospital and have them checked out. You can, if the police officer wants to stay with them, they can. They can stay with them and guard outside their room until they're medically cleared. And then once they're medically cleared, they can take them to jail. This is not like rocket science. Well, my daughter works for the sheriff's department. And when they have to have an inmate go to the hospital, they have to have um, too deep coverage around yep. the clock. You know, so it's it's like a big resource because, you know, they go and then, if, you know, you assume like this guy that he's, you know, I'm sure that they assumed that he was just making it up because I've seen lots of arrests recorded where they say that I can't breathe. Ow, you're hurting me. Ow, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. of course, you know, so, I mean, they've got, I think they've got to hear a lot of that way. No, so they're kind of used to it because people, who knew? People don't like to be arrested. People that read their arrest don't like to be arrested. You know? Who knew that it would hurt when they're putting handcuffs on you? Well, and you know, I think this brings back to, because like they're in the past with the Black Lives Matter movement, I've been irritated, not with Black Lives Matter, because I absolutely believe that each and every one of us is a child of God and deserves dignity and respect. But when the Black Lives Matter, like, aligns themselves with a case that it seems like the police officer, once the investigation is completed, that the police officer was in the right, like the Michael Brown in Ferguson. And there's people who are going to disagree, but, like, they did an internal affairs investigation like the reason why the guy the police officer picked him up was because he met the description of somebody who had just knocked over a what was it a gas station or something yeah, a convenience store. a convenience store and hashtag he did it hashtag it was on video right and so so then they get into a physical confrontation and the he's reaching for the police officer's gun which there were other witnesses that said that they saw that the police officer gets control of his own gun and shoots him and he dies, which is tragic when another human is killed. But but now inside the police car. He was fighting him inside the police oh, car. That's right, I can't remember all these details. Well, the, the whole the thing was, was a lie. The whole the hands up, don't car. shoot was made up by another guy that was there that was a criminal was also. The accomplice in the in the um let strong arm robbery he was the accomplice right he was the only one that had the stands up said stand up you know hands up don't shoot right and the witnesses a lot of the witnesses that testified were they were black yeah you know, this wasn't an issue 
but you still, you know, they're still using that and the. Well, and um, that's why I think that like who went to trial and was acquitted. acquitted, and they still talk about him. Like they they pick, you know, they pick uh, thugs and criminals to make their poster boy, which well, is why. I, which is why some people won't can't get on board with like the whole movement. Like if you, if we're gonna say that, like I don't want to be against that police officer who is doing his job, but but and that's why I it's not that I don't like the Black Lives Matter because I do think Black Lives Matter, but what I'm against is injustice, and I can't align myself with a movement that is gonna pull in things that aren't injustice. And things that are because it's like well now I'm stereotyping like that every time a police officer um, has to use lethal force against a suspect that somehow the police officer was just a jerk and and it was unwarranted because there are times of course when it is warranted well they've looked for cases to use and that's why they've used the ones that they that they've picked and they haven't fit the bill is the problem. And then they just stay on the bandwagon. And, oh, and obviously there is police brutality or else we wouldn't have riots all over the country. And, oh, and with these riots, when they happen, it's like you get these out of state people, you know, before, you know that there are paid, paid rioters. There's, mm-hmm. a, you know, the liberals, like that. I think the far left have, um, they are organized. They have paid protesters. They protest political candidates. They protest. Oh, right. Um, but I don't know that I would believe that across the whole world with the oh. amount of protesting right now. So I, I would want to know how many of those are paid because I would, I would like to know the arrest records. Where are these people from? And if they are from yeah. out of state, oh, please release saying. that information because yeah. I haven't oh, seen any evidence of that yet. Pardon me? Over half of them were not from Minneapolis, Texas. They were out of state. The Texas um, governor of Texas has turned over, uh, um, turned over, they're turning over the out of states to, they're going to be charged with federal crimes. For crossing oh, a state line. But how many? That's that's my point. Like this was, this was truly a case that people are protesting. I get that. But how many of these protesters are from out of state? Well, and the thing is, it was over fifty percent. Well, and the thing I don't—I mean, like in Utah, that like it certainly wasn't over fifty percent. Like in Ogden, they had an absolute perfect peaceful protest. People are out there with their signs, they're sharing water bottles, passing it around, and then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, look at that, time for dinner, and everybody went home happy. And in Salt Lake, the the protest started out peaceful and then like it all went to heck in a handbasket. They burned the car, flipped it over. And, you know, um, we watched it. So they put in a curfew in effect for 8 PM on Saturday night. That would have been May 30th. And we watched for, from nine o'clock live KSL, um, until it was 1130 and I had to get up at five o'clock in the morning and watched the police handle the protesters down in Salt Lake. And it was amazing how they did it. Cause it was so irritating that, you know, some of the protesters, a lot of them were just like really standing there with their signs, you know, like do, 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 do. And then there's a few that are, you can tell that are the instigators. There was one kid 
and he was a white kid with uh, like a white hoodie on and then everything would kind of calm down and then he would start screaming and run around and like the police made a line and then he would start yelling at the police and the police did like the shoulder to shoulder um, and made a huge line. I don't know how many police officers they had down there. Like it had to be hundreds. There were so many police officers. They brought in the jail bus and the jail bus was behind the line of police officers. And then the police officers just kept announcing like you are um, unlawfully gathering. This is an unlawful protest. There's a curfew in effect, please go home. And then they would march and move the police line a little bit farther down. Every now and then they would have somebody who would like push up against the police line and the police were in like the riot gear with their great big plastic shields and stuff. And eventually there was a couple that were like pushing up against the police. And then the two police officers would like break the line and somebody behind them would grab the guy or gal who was um, pushing up against the police, handcuff him and arrest him. And so, because I was watching it, and I was getting, like, irritated with the protesters because they're throwing stuff, throwing water bottles, throwing rocks. And the police officers were so calm. I'm like, wow, man, they've got patience of Those Job. They're protesters. They're rioters. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You're throwing stuff. You're not protesting. You're rioting. And I'm not saying, by the way, Black Lives Matter is the one that's paying people to come in. No. What I'm saying is... The same way you talked about the mob mentality with the officers, you don't need, you don't need to have a, hot, a huge crowd. Uh-huh. They only need a few people. They've got all these agitated people. They only need a few people that are, you know, like that come. Like in some of those protests, they come, they had bricks. Yeah, I saw that in Las Vegas this morning. They had a, all of a sudden, the protests in Las Vegas last night even. And so today's what, June second um last night all of a sudden they were organizing a peaceful protest and then somebody brings in a pallet of bricks like a pallet and just just sets them there a pallet of bricks tell me that that is not organized someone is paying for a pallet of brick that's what i'm talking about yeah there are there are people that have and i'm not saying it's the black lives matter group no i'm saying there are people that want uh, want there to be an agenda. They want that. They want um, chaos. Well, I think They're- a lot of the fingers have been pointing at the Antifa group, and I did see. I retweeted it. Um, if you want to look at my Twitter later, I retweeted this, and I don't know what city it's in. This black woman, and she's got her mask on. She's holding her sign that says Black Lives Matter, and she has a friend who's filming her on their phone. And she looks over and she sees these two skinny white girls and they are black. They are head to toe dressed in black with the black like kind of hood thing on and the mask across their face. And they are spray painting a Starbucks store, tagging it with BLM, Black Lives Matter. And then and this black woman comes over to them and says, stop it. What are you doing there? We didn't ask you to do that. And they say something that's inaudible in the video, but she's like, no, no, no. They're going to blame this on black people. This, this is our cause. We did not ask you to do that. And they just pretty much told her to F off and ran away while they continued to tag all the way down. And so I do think that there are so many very, very good people who, um, are with the black lives matter cause because of 
because there is pr- police brutality. Justice. And this is justice. yes. Anything we want. Right, and then and then they're being hijacked by these total jerks and rioters, and then it it's it's getting attached to their cause, and that's just not right. And that's what she said. She goes, "This isn't right. This is." This isn't right. You're not, you're part of the problem. And then those two stupid girls ran away. But I did have a list of some of the casualties from the protest. So again, there was an uh, officer in Las Vegas who was shot in the head yesterday. It was near Circus Circus. He was, uh, somebody said he ended up in a physical fight with a suspect. And then today he's on life support. So I don't know if he lived or died. Um, NPR said that in... Minneapolis, a Dodge Durango pulled up, and I think this was on Saturday night, pulled up and someone in the Durango opened fire into the crowd and it struck a 19-year-old man. In Oakland, California, a security officer was killed and another, another one was injured at the federal building, and that was on Friday. In Atlanta, it started. they started out with a very peaceful protest, and then protesters started throwing rocks at officers who were attempting to keep them out of the CNN headquarters. And uh, then the Georgia governor, Brian Kemp, declared a state of emergency. Okay, so then also, um, so some of those were just the police officers that were casualties of the protests. But in St. Louis, Missouri, there was the FedEx driver that ended up dragging a protester on Interstate 70. Did you see that? Mm Mm-hmm. So what happened with that, because I looked into that, because I saw the um, the YouTube video and wanted to throw right up, but the protesters were blocking Interstate 70, and then they started pounding, and it was a FedEx truck, but it wasn't the little FedEx trucks that drive around your neighborhood. It was the semi. Oh, wow. And so what they did was they stood in front of this semi, and then he just keeps going slower, you know, like he's going to continue driving because... They're pounding on his doors, right, trying to get stop. in. I wouldn't stop either. Mm-mm. And they, a couple of them had clubs or bats or something. And so the person who died got up, crawled up between the semi and the trailer. So the semi driver doesn't see this. And so then he starts he's going. trying to loot. I'm sure they were trying to loot. But, but I'm just saying that I don't think the semi driver knew that he was killing someone. I'm saying that he was afraid for his life. So they're pounding on his door, pounding on his window. He's going slowly, slowly. Then people get out of his way. So he picks up the speed. And then this idiot who's in between, and I'm sorry to speak ill of the dead, but he's a moron. He falls between, he's trying to jump out from between the truck, the cab and the trailer, trailer, or I don't know what he was trying to do, but he fell down underneath the wheel. And there's video on YouTube and it is brutal. Don't watch it unless you have like a stomach of steel. And he's driving, and the people then, the when they were pounding on the windows like to harass him, now they're pounding on the windows or pounding on the truck, and they're trying to run to say, hey, 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 you're dragging someone. Well, he's got his windows rolled up. He can't hear it. He thinks they're chasing after him to hurt him. We all lived through Rodney King. Yeah. You stop, you die. Right. I wouldn't no. stop. I wouldn't stop either. So he seconds. dragged him, and the, the man, there's the... Worst thing is, is that you see something that looks like a body, but just his hand hanging out, uh-huh. and it's not moving. It's just like bumping across the ground. It was gross, and he's dead. 
I didn't watch all that. I just saw the different the different semis that they tried to stop. Well, and you and couldn't I really think I see it. Stop. I wouldn't either. I'd run right Never. over the assholes. A holes. Sorry. In Salt Lake on Saturday, um, there was a man who came to the protest and pulled out a bow and arrow. Did oh, you see that my guy? Gosh, yes, I did. What the heck? What an idiot. <laughs> so. He shot a bow and arrow, or he was going to shoot a bow and arrow into the crowd, and the pro- and the protesters like beat the crap out of him or something. So then the police. I listened to Chief of Police Mike Brown from Salt Lake City PD. So then the police, you know, saw him getting beat up, and so they helped him. And then people were pissed because they've helped this man get away. Well, then when the video of him pulling out his bow and arrow. Oh came gosh. to light. So um, Chief Mike Brown was like, um, when we saw that he was being assaulted, we helped him and we let him go. And then when we saw the video and the social media posts of him trying to shoot people with a bow and arrow, he said, we know who this man is and he's going to be dealt with. Like, I don't know if he was arrested or they were going to put charges against him. And then there was a, I mean, poor Salt Lake City. You know, you're trying to do, they did such a good job on keeping their patience. Like I am not as patient as those men and women were down there on Saturday night, like people getting up in their face and they were so patient. And even when they were arresting them, the one guy said, I can't breathe. And he was handcuffed and he was on the ground and the, this is on KSL. And the guy said, the police officer said, okay. So we sat him up and put him on his butt. He still had his, um, hands handcuffed behind his back he's like are you okay now and the guy goes oh yeah i'm okay and so then the police officer patted him back he was like all right all right just i'll be back you know and so they did such a good job well earlier in the day someone caught on video a police officer who was there walking down the sidewalk so it's broad daylight because the stuff that i was watching was after dark broad daylight there's three or four police officers on the sidewalk there's an elderly man with a cane and they're walking up and telling him to clear the sidewalk, you know? Uh-huh. They pushed him. This idiot pushed him. Police officer pushes him with his shield and knocks the guy with the cane down. Oh, my gosh. And the police officer said, I, I saw the video of the elderly man knocked down. He goes, it was completely inappropriate. He goes, it took us a minute to figure out, because they're all in their police riot gear. Uh-huh. He goes, we know exactly who did it. He's like, he is under an IA review um, he's like, this is not what I would expect of the police officers in my department. Um, absolutely. Um, we support everyone's first amendment right to peaceful protest because the guy with the cane was not rioting. He was walking down the sidewalk and, um, they have the right for the, a peaceful protest and it should, that right should be protected and we should offer them a space to do that. And so... Um, and he also went on, that's a YouTube video by Salt Lake City Chief of Police, Mike Brown, said that um, we are committed to rooting out any, you know, systemic or institutional racism that there is, and if you have any concerns about this, that, or the other, you know, go ahead and give us a call or whatnot. So so that was kind of like the, the protests, like the fallout of the protests that I saw over the weekend. Any other thoughts, Nona? Um, I was just thinking about, it seems like that first autopsy, I, I can't find the article, but that first autopsy um, said 
I think that they called it murder. I or well, maybe they said you know he died from died from I guess from having a knee on his. Not the neck, first you know. autopsy. Yeah, so the first one didn't, and suggested that his underlying conditions were complicit. In and well, that he had chemicals or something in his. You know, he had taken or he had some sort of drugs or something that may have contributed to it. So he had meth and fentanyl. And when he yeah. was, yeah, and the person at the at the gas station or convenience store or wherever he was buying the smokes thought that he was intoxicated, but I mean, let's all just agree that that's total BS, and that he yeah. had a knee on his neck for ten minutes, and that possibly was the cause. Like he wasn't dying before somebody stuck a knee on his neck. He was sitting in a car oh, no. chit chatting with his friends. I I'm just saying that that is an aggravating actor, you know, to people to hear them say uh, it's it smacks of. I'm victim blaming. Yep. Yeah. It's super so, irritating. It's like, well, you know what? If, if you were that been, concerned about him. Doing fentanyl, if he hadn't been doing meth laced with fentanyl and, you know, he wouldn't have, you know, then he wouldn't have died. Well, no, I, I'm pretty sure it was the knee on his neck for eight minutes did that, you know? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, the other thing I wanted to add to that was it wasn't just the knee on his neck that, it was so offensive. I mean, it was the whole situation and then watching the protests now that are around the whole world. Like from that one incident, there were protests at the U.S. Embassy in Athens, Greece, Lisbon, Portugal, Barcelona, mm -hmm. London, everywhere is protesting because of George Floyd and facing kind of the same brutality in their in their area, whatever lower class or whatever yeah. class is, is the one that's prejudiced against less than is yeah. less than is facing it somewhere in the world. And let's talk about the fact that everyone's been in their house for how long? Two months? Yeah. And out of work and their money troubles are rising and no one knows what's going to happen. People are uncertain. People are scared. And all of a sudden this happens and you have a cause and a reason to get out of your house and mob mentality. Like people are pissed. So I, I you know, yeah. I think it was the perfect storm. I, I really too. do. I think that hit, I'm still watching. I feel like the world shifted last weekend. Like I, yeah. I felt the shift happen underneath my feet. And then I felt like too, when I saw the the protests all over the world mm -hmm. and I was like, what the heck? And my first thought, um, was going back to the paid protesters. Like, has someone paid protesters like to to be everywhere? To because the the group in Athens, Greece, mm -hmm. was the youth, and it's KKK, but it's not our KKK. But it's, it's their version uh, of it's KKK. The, well, no, it's that's what it's called. But it's the Communist Youth League. Oh, got it. So got it's it. the Communist Party there that's protesting against the U.S. Embassy. It's like. That's so world. strange to me that that's who would be out there protesting about George Floyd's death. I, I don't get it. Um, but it's all these different groups. And so I do think, like, did someone pay these certain I groups just to go like, out to the U.S. Embassy? I think there's anarchists. And protest? Like, yes. there are anarchists that, like I said, the Black Lives Matter. Like, again, there, were, there have been causes with Black Lives Matter that I could not align myself with, mm -hmm. like the Michael Brown. But every person in the world with a conscience who saw George Floyd dying with a knee on his neck was on 
his side. Uh-huh. Like, this is absolute total bullcrap. Yep. There is no reason for that man to have his knee on his neck. He is dying. And you know you know how we know he was dying? Because he's dead. And well, so, and then the, then he I gets that, dying. pardon no, me? I can't breathe. Well, he did say he was dying. You know, I can't breathe. It's an indicator that your oxygen is <laughs> not being cut off. Right. And so then that terrible person who did that, Derek Chauvin, he gets fired. He gets arrested. And a lot of the protests happen after mm-hmm. he was already fired and arrested. And then the protests and rioting starts and... The poor protesters that are just out there protesting get caught up in the riots, but the rioting then is people who have nothing to do with have, BLM, no, nothing. nothing, and have nothing to lose. These are people who have no sense of right or wrong. I want to just say evil because they yep. don't have a moral yep. conscience and mm-hmm. they don't what care who gets hurt. Our owner that was opening up his, I think it was a bar he was opening up, the firefighter oh. that put his life savings into it. Yeah, they, that was first sad. first night they trashed it. He hadn't, couldn't open it. It was all ready to open, but he couldn't open because of the pandemic. I think there was a GoFundMe night, for him. Oh, good. The first night, they, first night they trashed it, and then it came on the news, and um, he had $100,000. Someone did a GoFundMe for him. Okay. It went from 100 to $300,000. Then I think the next day I checked it. Well, then the next day they burned, that night they burned his, burned it down. Oh my gosh! And then, and then it shot up to it was nine hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow! Good. I it. I have seen. I think it finally took this to get like Hollywood actors and A list celebrities, whoever they are, whatever they do, to finally look at the rioters and say, you know what, this is not us. You know the the policemen have ha- have have the hashtag. He is not us. You know, we are not I love him. that. I love that. Like for the Chauvin guy, we are not that type of a police officer. We hate these guys. I've got six or seven good friends that are policemen that are just horrified at this. And then they had to go down to the riots. Yeah. They had to go be in it. They were part of the SWAT teams and their lives are in danger. And they had just lost an officer here in Ogden. Yeah, so which was horrible. So, I mean, all this is going on. We are, we are not him. But then I feel like, too, the the... Hollywood people now are looking at these rioters and going, well, this isn't us either. Right. Like we have stand, stood up for injustice, but rioting and looting, it just went too far for yeah, them. Yeah, it did. Well, and then all the tagging down at the Utah State Capitol. Like, oh, I yeah. just am so proud to live in Utah. I love it. It's, you know, we're we're descendants of the people who came here with Brigham Young. And so we just feel like we kind of... I do anyway. Feel like I own Utah. Like that, I have, I feel an ownership. Like that, uh-huh. I am Utah. Utah's me. And to see that tagging, I was so pissed. And then I worked on Sunday. I couldn't go help clean up. But I, Jeremy and I were talking about like, you know, could could you go help clean up? And my goodness, by the time. I was looking into anything. It was already cleaned up. People had gone on Sunday. The mayor said, well, I didn't go to bed till late last night. She goes, oh, early this morning, because she did a a news conference. And she's like, I was so happy to see that I woke up this morning and all the trash that was on the streets last night when I was going to sleep, because I was watching everything. She goes, it was all bagged up nicely and at the curb. And people were there with their power washers to get rid of all the tagging and everything like that. You know, and the other good things that I saw was like the one police officer, and I don't know it in what city, 
there was a kind of like a police line, like a barricade or whatever. And there's a bunch of Black Lives Matter protesters, a bunch of black people, black guys. They looked like all college age. Maybe a couple of them were in their 30s or whatever. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but they're chanting something. And I thought maybe it was, I can't breathe. But what they were saying was, take a knee, take a knee. And so the police officer said, okay. He took a knee and they all almost started crying. Like they're just so happy. The one guy is like, man, he like grabs his hand and shakes it. And then he hugs all the way around. Like, again, these good police officers are like, I'm not that. The one guy that they protected that got separated from his unit, the police officer that the guys protected. I saw that. I mean, there's so many. There's a lot of good stories. There's a happened. The policeman got separated from his unit, and he was alone in the middle of the riot. In a big city, not in in Salt Lake. And um, some of the protesters, you know, they have their handkerchiefs over their faces and that. They made, they formed a line and protected him. Just like a, just like the police would form a line. They were all big black guys, really, and you know. Put, kind of put a semicircle ring around him to protect him until he could get back with his unit. Oh, that's nice. Because they're not. They weren't rioting. They were protesting. There's a difference. And you can't tell the difference when you're out at night and rocks are flying and bricks are flying. How do you know who's who? And that's the people that are there for chaos and anarchy. And the that's one guy the that was looting. Show up with a pallet of bricks. Right. Yes. Well, the one guy they caught and he was arrested for looting a target or I don't know. I, I could be making it up. He was looting something. And he went in and they said, well, you know, are you um, protesting against the George Floyd murder? And he goes, well, I mean, I guess kind of. And he's, they're like, well, why are you down here? He goes, really just for money. Like he, he admitted bald face, like, well, everybody's looting. And so I figured I'd just get, get while the getting's good. You know, it's like, you know, do you, people have to be thieves? I love the fact that when they were recording from Santa Monica and the helicopters up there and they're watching these guys break guys and women break into the stores downtown that are very, you know, high-end stores, but the shoe store and they're still in all these shoes and putting them in cars and in bags and all this and They've got them on camera. They've got their license plate numbers. They've got their faces. They've God, got everything. People are stupid. I thought, oh, good. Good. Someone's going to show up at your house and you're going to get arrested. And if those are like, what are those Manilow's, Manilow, whatever oh, shoes? Yeah. Are those yeah. fancy? That's like a felony, man. This was just Nikes. <laughs> But the reporter's like, well, I guess that's kind of like cash, you know? You just use it as currency. But it was very, very organized. And that's what they were commenting on. One guy's running in, another guy comes up with a bag. He takes a bag full of shoes, runs them back to a car. The car puts them in the bag. I mean, it was a whole group. They had organized to come down and loot the stores. And then I saw in a couple of different places where, where store owners were defending with guns. Yes. And the, like, you see, it was, like, you know the music they play for the Keystone Cops? Yeah. Like, it needed to be played because I saw there's just a storefront, and you see these people, these protesters, and they're all dressed in black with the things over their faces, and they're running out of that store. They're not holding anything like they're on fire. And a guy comes out with a shotgun behind him. (laughs) Because they went into the store to loot, and they met up with Mr. Winchester and thought that maybe they would not do that. Which is a whole nother issue that we don't have time to talk about, but the cities that face the worst looting are the cities where they restricted gun ownership. Which so... 
I like the one sheriff that told people, well, because did you hear my daughter posted something that the sheriff's department down there posted people not to answer their door because there was something going around that like Black Lives Matter yet again, not necessarily them, but they were going to just go into the neighborhoods and then just like when people answered the door, just shoot them. It was part of their protest. Oh my gosh. So the police did a post just told people don't answer the door if you don't know someone you know but another then right after i had heard that i saw an article which i should have saved the sheriff told people well um i all you my residents in this county they have guns everybody get your guns out before you answer the door yeah someone so, posted please show up at my door <laughs> i have I'm AK, yeah. an AR-15. I don't, have, I don't have an AR-15, but I need one. Encourage uh, his constituents to use them if they needed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Protect themselves. Yeah, that's just, there was a lot of good things that happened. And I think that, um, again, the more people who stand up against the trash and the thugs who are are taking over these protests, I mean, really, the protesters should just leave and leave the leave the people who are throwing bricks to be arrested and then reassemble later. Like, and th- which isn't fair. It isn't fair. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, they have back to the mob mentality. You get a few people in there throwing rocks. You get a lot of people that feel injustice. And those that are maybe don't have a really um, strong moral sense of right and wrong. Yeah. You know, this property belongs to someone else. You've got people that, you know, you didn't build that. They, you know, they feel some sort of ownership in everyone else's business and they can destroy it, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just so wrong. So wrong. I just worry that when we get to a point in society that more people are apathetic and have no sense of right or wrong, like where does that put us? And watching the riots, I kind of felt that. I felt like, oh my gosh, there are this many people that are willing to destroy for no reason like they're because they're not destroying it for george floyd let's not no ship each other no. like they are not doing that they are doing it because they can and how disgusting people, people that are doing that that's why i'm telling you people that are doing that i don't think are the protesters i don't either. I think yeah. that they're bringing in i think that there there's a reason that those people are from out of state Yep. There's a reason that, like in Minneapolis, what he was saying, over half of the people they arrested were from out of state. It that was those were wrong numbers. The the uh, mayor came out and had him out, and they he retracted them later. They. Uh huh. Yeah. So it was first he said all of them, then they said eighty percent, and then when the, you know, they got the police records and that it wasn't near that. But still, there was an element that was. And how many does it take if Not one out of 10, if even 10% is a paid protester that's throwing bricks or breaking windows? And bringing bricks. How long does it take for the mob mentality to turn? Yeah. It doesn't take very long if you've got that one person going back to your, kind mm-hmm. of your scenario, but pulling it back around to the opposite side. Instead of standing up for good, you have someone now who's willing to destroy. Right. And who may you, have been like iffy yeah. before. And now they're like, well, there's a brick. Let me throw it. Oh, look, there's Nikes. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I need okay, a pair of those. The study, if someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> yep. You know, someone tells you to throw a brick, you don't even hear the person that's going to get hurt. You know, that's the problem uh-huh. with all this evil corporation talk, you know, that these 
um, these evil corporations that are trying to oppress people when it's just like Mr. Joe businessman firefighter that's put his whole life savings into his into his little bar. bar. I'm just so and sad. It's, and it's in a community that he wants to support and hire people and give back. There was another protester that was a legitimate Black Lives Matter protester who said that very thing, like on video, was like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you burning things down? You were, you've burnt. They burned down a Target, like a whole Target somewhere, and they're like, you have just taken away how many people's job in our that, community that they can't go to work. They have kids they need to feed, they have bills they need to pay, and now they can't go to work because you burned down a Target." And the people who burned it down, they don't care. They're just evil and wicked and need to go to jail forever. And they weren't going to go to work anyways. <laughs> they were probably those, millennials, right? <laughs> one, of those other, um, one of those other protests when they burned down, they burned down some big business like that. And they just said, we won't rebuild. Yeah, we're done. No, Bye-bye. Why would you rebuild if you are going to have your business destroyed every time, yeah. you know, every time there's a riot? I think anytime no, something goes carpet. wrong, I like to blame it on the millennials. <laughs> the poor millennials. <laughs> oh, it's those loser millennials. There they go again. I know. Well, husband and I were talking about that, and I'm like, well, you know, we like to blame it on the millennials, but somebody made them that way. And there are a lot of people our age, and that's the over 40 crowd. I have friends who are just as, like, air quotes, millennial as the 25-year-olds. You're like, really? But not as a majority of the group. No, and and also those people who may be saying those things, they uh-huh. like they may be towing that little party line. They are also going to work and paying their own bills. They're not doing it from their so mother's basement. The moral of my story is <laughs> it's the millennials. Okay, fault. <laughs> you're right. Why are you always right? <laughs> All right. Anything you want to add before we wrap up? Well, I don't think I can add anything to that. <laughs> All right, so next time I swear it's going to be about a good day to die or a good death. We'll call it something like about dead, dying, that sort of thing. Uh, pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You got it. All right, then. See you next time. Bye.